0: Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, Broker Associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher.
1: Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today, we're going to the Berkshires in Massachusetts, and we have real estate manager Stephanie McNair. Hi, Stephanie, how are you?
2: Hi, good, very well. Thanks you, for having you me. Sound on. Great.
1: That's because you're in the Berkshires, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely, life is good up
1: here. I hear you. Um, before we talk about the Berkshires, you know, we all had prior lives before uh, real estate, which yeah. is hard to imagine, but in any event. What were you doing before and what prompted you to segue into real estate?
2: You know, I had um, before I had children, I had a, you know, a corporate career at Six Flags International and uh, came to Western Massachusetts and worked um, for Bay State Health System. So always in marketing and PR and then I went over to the nonprofits and um,
1: worked for uh, breast cancer and diabetes. Wow. And so, so yeah, but how did, you, uh, how did you get the real estate bug?
2: Well, I moved up. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom. I moved up to the Berkshires and I oh, uh, wanted Just to curious. get back to work. I, from the city. I lived in uh, a town called Longmeadow, which is in Western Massachusetts, right outside of Springfield, Uh and um, came up here and uh, decided to get my real estate license. And, uh,
1: you know, the rest is history. (laughs) I'm glad because you're doing quite well, I understand, up there. Um, So... You know, with the shift of uh, people working remotely, we've seen like, for example, in the Hamptons, uh, it's becoming more of a final destination rather than a summer playground. Has that happened in the Berkshires also?
2: It really has. And uh, it really started before COVID uh, when our little towns and villages started getting the Internet and um, you can live your lifestyle where you work if you work from home and many people are choosing to do that. Um, and then the floodgates opened during COVID. And, uh, we have a lot of full-time residents now, uh, who still hold their jobs in Manhattan or Brooklyn or Boston, um, but choose to live in our environment.
1: Well, it's, it's pretty nice up there. Yeah. You know, I think of, um, of uh, the Berkshires it comes to mind as Tanglewood and, and uh, Jacob's pillow, but there's more to do than just going and listening to music or dance.
2: Absolutely. There's so many uh, things to do. And it really depends on what you want to make of the Berkshires. You know, if you're into arts, we've got, you know, mass MoCA, which is the largest contemporary art museum in the country, Uh, The Norman Rockwell Museum, the Mount, um, which is Edith Warden's home, uh, you know, the Susan B. Anthony House um, theater. We have world class theater all over the Berkshires. I'm
1: sorry to interrupt, is theater only in the summertime or is it all year? Uh, uh,
2: You can find theater all year round in the Berkshires. There's a lot of programs that you'll see more theater in the summertime. Uh, But there's always something to do, you know, um, in each season. And that's what makes the Berkshires a bit different from everywhere else.
1: Wow. So So let me ask you the question because I'm not that that well versed about the Berkshires. Uh, Is Tanglewood uh, like the epicenter for where people want to be or are there other locales?
2: There's there's a lot of locales. Tanglewood is our rock star. You know, everybody uh, has that loves the Berkshires knows Tanglewood, you know, from the gardens to the Boston Symphony, which that's their home in the summertime. Um, And, uh, you know, they have uh, wonderful, wonderful grounds where you can picnic and, you know, enjoy the day and listen to music. Um, you know, my personal favorite is, you know, James Taylor coming on 4th of July. So awesome! So that is awesome. pretty excited. He,
1: he lives up there now too, right? He
2: does. He right. does.
1: I mean, you yeah. sent me something that said about the Berkshires and, and uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, with a quote that he, he said that uh, it's, um, it's prox- it's close to Boston. I'm paraphrasing here to New York. But I think it's the people, the Berkshires. Mm -hmm. I've never met a finer bunch of humans in one place in my life.
2: Spot on. Spot (laughs) on. You know, we really, you know, you leave your attitudes at the door when you come to the Berkshires. And everybody uh, is just so happy here that, um, you know, we really have a wonderful group of people. Wow. That is amazing. So what's the
1: uh, inventory like there?
2: Inventory continues to be uh, low. Uh, days on market um, is also very low as well too. So it's starting to even out a little bit. But the Berkshires, we've never really seen the highs and lows that other, you know, uh, regions do. Um, we we've hit as soon as we got the internet, we've really hit a trajectory of uh, you know, going uphill with our sales. So, which has been good. And I think that that is, you know, due to, uh, with all that we have to offer and the lifestyle is wonderful, but we're also resistant, you know, we're flood resistant, fire resistant, hurricane resistant, drought resistant. Um, we can drink our own water, uh, you know, it's a very healthy area. I've had clients that their house has burned down in California or get ravaged by hurricanes in Florida. And um, they, you know, uh, think that the Berkshires is not only lovely and organic, but
1: one of the safest places to live on Earth. I never thought about that. That's that's, that's yeah. very fascinating. Um, you had mentioned we had a conversation earlier about having a client who was debating between the Hamptons and, and the Berkshires. Yes. And yes. and you won out. The Berkshires won out. I did. And how did I that did. happen?
2: <laughs> well, you know, they found uh, a wonderful spot in the Hamptons and he also found a wonderful spot in the Berkshires and couldn't decide between the two of them. Um, so, As you know, I put together a top 10 list of reasons to live in the Berkshires. Right. So, you know, it had a bit of humor to it, but everything was
1: true. And I missed uh, the the thing. One of the things that I thought was there's no sharks. (laughs) There's
2: no sharks in the Berkshires. Never thought of that. (laughs) (laughs) And our traffic is lovely. You know, we have to stop for the occasional, you know, um, group of uh deer or
1: a moose or you have you moose know. in the Berkshires moose really
2: oh yes oh yes That's we the have one
1: thing I'm, I'm I still have not seen is a moose I've gone up to Maine hoping to see a, a moose and everybody mm-hmm. else has seen the moose except me <laughs> so <what laughs> maybe I'll come to the Berkshires and see if I could see a moose you
2: know Yeah, the, you know I've been up here full-time for 12 years and I've had three run-ins wow um, but not one of the your, not with your car no, not with my car, um, but one popped out right in front of uh, a car I was in. I was in the passenger seat, and it ran in front of us down a dirt country road. So I obviously had to pop open the sunroof and get out and and uh, put my arms out,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> be one with the moose. <laughs>
1: I know it's like you go out into the forest and you hug a tree. You know it's like you know you commune a little bit. You know, um, absolutely. Are you still? Ha- are you having bidding wars? Like uh, we're out here in the Hamptons, we're still uh, you know seeing people uh, out, try and outbid each other. Is that happening there in the Berkshires? Yeah. So
2: when you we have some really interesting properties. They're very unique. Um, so if you get uh, an interesting property and you price it right. Um, it will go over. Right now, we're right at about it 100% of list price to 110% of list price um, is our average right now.
1: So what do you tell buyers coming into the market? Um, okay, they're coming into this environment where they have to move quickly. So how, how do you deal with that? Like if somebody's, like you said, you had some people come in from uh, uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, wherever, how do they get into the the, the- How do they get into the game, so to speak?
2: Um, You have to be prepared. You absolutely have to be prepared. You have to have your funding secured. Um, You have to, you know, come out. We've had a lot of people that, uh, especially in in bidding wars, uh, where you put in an offer over or way over the asking price, but you've done it through video, Um, you know, that
1: you know so they haven't seen Berkshire. the property physically but they've seen it via oh, it's tons of
2: sight unseen um, sales wow. but uh, we're really recommending people come out and get the feel for the property you know the Berkshires is lovely and you know if, if you're in one of the you know country towns like Otis or Beckett you know it is country mm-hmm. and you um, and people want to live in the country, um, but you don't know country until you've come out here. You know, I see some, uh, you know, Manhattanites that dream of living in the country and they get out here and they're like, "Ooh, <laughs> how do you super? Eat? where's the super? Do- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but but all of that, you know, is fully explainable. And, um, you know, uh, and your lifestyle awaits. Just right. be prepared. Have your real estate agent, have your you know attorney, and um, and get in that offer very quickly. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, uh, have you uh, run into escalation clauses?
2: I have. I have. So, and and those seem to be pretty complicated um, when you're dealing. You know, I had one property that uh, went way over asking with twenty offers. And 18 escalation clauses. So you have to make sure, you know, that you get all your, your escalations in. But the, um, what we're finding now on uh, listings is that people are saying no to escalation clauses. Um, they're, no they're love saying, letters and no it. escalation clauses. Yep.
1: So in other words, you got 20 people bidding on the property, whoever it's uh, final and best bid? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what do you say to a seller who thinks their house should be priced higher than you think it should be?
2: That's uh, always a conversation that we have to have. And sometimes it's a tough co- conversation, but,
1: well, you, Sam know, down the, you know, my neighbor, Sam, down the street said, you know, my house is worth X amount of dollars, you know, and you're saying it's this amount, you know.
2: Yeah. Or Uncle Joe or <laughs> Joe, <you know. laughs> <laughs> my friend Betty and you know, she knows the Hamptons. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I really, you know um, when going out and my agents pricing properties, we really show them with a comparable market analysis and sh- show you if you're listing at this price, this is going to be your competition. And uh, you know uh, you want to be the best of your competition. So you want to get right in under where your competition is and put your best foot forward because you want to strive in the market. You don't want to follow the market. And when you get into, I've seen so many great homes that have sold lower than they should because they priced it too high and then dropped it a little bit, dropped it a little bit, and then they were following down. And then you get to a point, if you don't price it right, that buyers are going to say in this market, it's been on the market for four months. What's wrong? Right. What's wrong with it?
1: I hate you know? to uh, but, uh, cut, cut you short. And um, it's fascinating what you're telling us about the Berkshires. But if somebody had more questions about the Berkshires, how could they reach you, Stephanie?
2: They can go to our website, uh, you know, William Pitt Sotheby's International Realty. Uh, where We have offices in Great Barrington
1: and Lenox. Well, Stephanie, it was a pleasure having you on. This is John Christopher, Thanks. Real Life, broadcasting from the vibrant Village of Southampton, New York, on the only NPR station on Long Island, WLIW 88.3 FM. Please stay where you are, since we'll be right back with my next guest, Puneet Chug of Araman Builders in Bridgehampton, New York. Welcome back to Real Life. And this is John Christopher. And today I have with me the director of Araman Builders, Puneet Chug. Hey, Puneet, how are you?
3: I'm very good, John. How are you doing?
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Puneet, I just want to say before we talk about the Vinci house, the nook and other aspects of Araman Builders, I love talking about people's journeys. So how did you get from India to Bridgehampton besides flying?
3: (laughs) That's a good thing. Yeah, um, I came here uh, for my uh, education after, my, after completing my architecture, um, just to pursue my other interests. I came here for my master's in finance and business degree at uh, NYU Stern. Uh, during that process, uh, I was married and I found my way around here and I worked here for many years, so that's brought me to the U.S.
1: Wow. Okay. So that's, the, that's the, uh, the quick version. I like that. Okay. So there was a, I'm sh- I don't know if you saw this, but there was a recent article in the Wall Street Journal about, uh, in their mansions section about a San Francisco couple moving to Bend, Oregon. And they, they wanted to build there and used um, a Norwegian based company using the CRI or CRT method. I, I don't know what, if I'm going by memory here, but did you ha- by any chance happen to see that article?
3: Uh, No, John, I've not seen that article.
1: I'm sorry. One of the things that I I, I found interesting about the article said that uh, it took them over three years to build this house um, because nobody in Ben knew how to build this type of house. So when you build a Da Vinci home, does it take three years?
3: Um, Not really. I would say that the uh, initial phase of trying to bring any new product into the market has a development phase. Uh, We have been uh, working with the DaVinci model in the US for the last eight years. Uh, uh, the idea behind the DaVinci model was to create the buildability and the construction efficiencies that are missing in the traditional build methodology. So, uh, to answer your question in short, I would say uh, the initial process of uh, implementing the technology here took us about three years before we could build our first home. But since then, we have been able to deliver homes between uh, a good eight months to 10 months, so to speak, on, on the complexity of the home, but it does not take anywhere close to three years to build
1: a house. Well, you used to have before, um, I recall, before the pandemic or before we had the supply chain issues that you offered a guarantee of 100 days. Obviously, that can't apply nowadays. Um, but you're saying now, even with the the uh, snafus along the way and getting supplies, um, you can do that in that Short To me, it seems like a short period of time. Uh,
3: well, I think it's a, it's a two-pronged approach. One is that uh, we are building our, our different units or the different components of the house in a factory in Germany. Um, we, we build close to uh, between, uh, in between 80 to 100 homes per year. So we have economies of scales. And since we build with the same building met methodology and technique, Uh, we are able to produce with certain level of certainty on that phase of the construction. The supply chain disruptions have gone through the industry. So I would say at the finishing level, items such as plumbing fixtures, light fixtures, uh, hardware, uh, those have uh, hit a supply chain challenges. Uh, We are mitigating those delays by planning ahead. That's one of the things that a company takes pride in is planning the project and executing it to a plan as best as we can. So a combination of efficiencies of our process, a good planning and ordering items ahead of time so that we address the lead time issues uh, creates quite a a unique proposition even in these challenging markets. And in many cases, we are able to cut the timeline between 25 to 33% between our system to a traditional construction process.
1: Well, that sounds like uh, one of the uh, highlights, which I was just going to ask you, what are some of the highlights that make the uh, Da Vinci home different from hammer and nail construction?
3: Well, I think uh, the hammer and nail construction is uh, how houses are built here. Our homes also are timber homes, but we are using... Uh, glue lamp, which is called a glued and laminated timber, which is a lot sturdier and stable old growth timber in our construction. Uh, we are building our different units such as walls, uh, floors and roofs in a factory setting with the same crews. When people repeat the same process with a level of certainty, there's a higher level of quality and a production efficiency that comes into the process. Um, So it's like uh, building cars on a big assembly line. And what that gives you is that that level of quick return and value on the deliverables. Uh, That is something that we are able to produce with DaVinci and speed up the process and provide very high quality. Uh, To add to that, we make our own windows and also we have partnered with some very high-end window companies. These windows and doors are installed in the factory. So when the panels come here, they are quite complete. And the construction process of three to five days gives us the head start that would typically take a traditional construction between three to four months to get to the same stage.
1: Right, interesting. Well, uh, the, the units themselves, in other words, they're um, say the walls, they have everything in them already, right? In other words, the, the, you have uh, the electricity is there, correct? The insulation?
3: Uh, Well, no, Uh, uh, we are addressing a very bespoke custom market, so we are not getting uh, uh, electricity or uh, plumbing into the system for two reasons. One is a lack of flexibility, which is very important for all our clients to be able to design and build a home that they desire, so they don't want to be locked into decisions too early in the process. The second part being inspections. Because of the building requirements, we have to go through the electrical and the plumbing inspections locally and also for the warranty and the continuity of the facility. We have made sure that only the components that stay outside of the regular maintenance and the uh, enjoyment of the end user is procured locally and only the other components come from Germany. So I would say this I call it the hybridization. The hybrid system is a very unique system because we have just brought what is absolutely necessary from Germany and the rest is being produced and provided in the U.S. by local craftsmen and guilds of workers so that there is a continuity of the owner in terms of servicing and the life cycle cost of those equipment. So we are very different from... Uh, just one point: We are very different from modular construction and prefabricated, from the sense that we don't have electrical fixtures, electrical wires running in our walls.
1: Interesting. Okay, so you put the insulation in, or have someone do that? Also,
3: no, our our walls and our floor system come with insulation in place. So we 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 let the we have chases at the bottom and the top of our wall panels to la- run the electrical. And once all the services, the wiring, the audio visual wiring, everything is complete, that's when we go and put drywall and close up the wall systems and the roof. So we have a very open plan to make sure that the architects, designers, and the clients have a flexibility of feeling like they are working with a traditional build system. But this system is now more efficient and more uh, controlled.
1: Hmm. OK. Um... One of the things I know that uh, other builders have uh, expressed is that the uh, permitting process is so backed up uh, that it's causing, you know, before they can actually get to the point of building, they have to wait for the permit. Have you run into that also?
3: Absolutely. I would say that that is the common denominator uh, to all the uh, industry-wide because the location where we are uh, the permitting is taking a lot of time, but I have to say uh, one of the advantages of our system is that once we know what the design is and the outer uh, shell, so-called the windows, the, uh, the exterior of the house and the interior walls can be uh, produced, once we know what we are building, uh, while the permitting is happening, we can produce our units in Germany uh, to accelerate the process. And that's where our, our system is so unique because that system is not contingent upon a building permit, unlike a traditional system that you cannot put a shovel in the ground unless you don't have a permit. With our system, we can put the windows in the walls, we can insulate the walls, we can create the intermediate floors and the roof panels in Germany without a permit. And that is a huge, huge time saving and uh, and creating that advantage, uh, also called a unique selling point against other competition and
1: Building providers. Hmm. You know, speaking of uh, windows, I recall uh, seeing yours that, that they're triple pane, and a lot of people go with um, Marvin or Anderson or whatever the case may be. But triple painting doesn't seem to be um, commonplace. It's and and one of the things I because uh, I've been to your um, your office and the the modeling that you have there, and I've seen some of your homes is the uh, the soundproofing. I mean, it's just amazing that uh, the quality of soundproofing that you just don't hear anything.
3: Uh, that is so true, uh, John. Um, we are uh, constantly evolving. While we prefer and we show people the triple pain because most of our clients out here are sensitive to the energy conservancy, being sustainable, and green construction, we feel that the Exterior of the house, that is the weather protection envelope, is a key component in the performance of the energy standards. So, our triple pane windows definitely add an extra layer of insulation and the soundproofness that soundproof abilities that it's able to provide. Um, using uh, companies that you mentioned, like Marvin, Fleetwood, Logan, any kind of those uh, brands, uh, we are now getting unique requests. So along with these other companies, we are also adding to our line of windows and uh, sliding door options with the client to integrate within our brand so that we give people as much flexibility and as many choices. While we do have a lot of good product lines to work with, uh, our proposition is to address the market as we are seeing the customers react and addressing their constantly growing needs. So the triple pane windows is one of the options, but we do have double pane windows. We do timber windows as well as metal frame windows.
1: Interesting, okay. Um, You have something that you also offer, uh, what's called the Nook. Uh, Can you tell us about that?
3: Well, uh, Nook is uh, more on a product uh, segmentation for our company. Uh, We have had a growing interest in uh, smaller buildings, they call the tiny homes or accessory dwelling units. Uh, so Nook is a subset of our uh, product offering to address the growing need for backyard offices, uh, music studios, um, uh, pool cabanas, and any kind of accessory building. So this is just an offshoot to address clients so that they don't feel like we are just addressing homes over 5,000 square feet. So, this could be a building that is from 600 square feet all the way to 2000 square feet, as the demand might be. But Nook is the idea of having your own small space, especially during the COVID time when people were working from home. Nook was conceived as an additional space in your backyard, as your own private office space or your exercise or uh, entertainment space, so that people could work being connected to the home, but not having to face the day-to-day uh, disturbances and the noise traveling to your work office or home office and your home working in tandem because you had the kids, family, everyone staying at home during the COVID time. So that has definitely shown That's, a demand. Uh,
1: you. That's fantastic, uh, Puneet. Uh, how can someone get in touch with you?
3: The best way to get in touch with me is reaching me uh, on my phone number, which is 631 631 353-8835. Three, three,
1: eight, eight, three, Fantastic. Benit. as always, it's great having you on the program. This is John Christopher for Real Life, We're broadcasting here in the wonderful village of Southampton, New York, on the only NPR station on Long Island. If you'd like to hear this program again or other podcasts, go to WLIW slash radio slash real life. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And in the meantime, be sure to have a, an awesome journey.
0: You have been listening to Real Life, the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher, who also created the music for Real Life. WLIW-FM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIW-FM Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at WLIW.org slash radio.